0: Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Epic. So glad to have you here. If you're new with us, my name is Trent. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And today we are in the middle of a series called Unknown God. And in this series, we're trying to get to know the Holy Spirit a little bit better. And the reason we're doing that is because when it comes to Jesus, many people know a lot about Jesus. Whether we believe the same things about Jesus, many people know a lot about Jesus. When it comes to God the Father, we know less about him. And then when it comes to God the Holy Spirit, many Christians know very little about him. And the information that we have about him is often inaccurate or it's often wrong information. So we're trying to get to know the Holy Spirit better and what he does in our lives. So in week one, we learned that the Holy Spirit Is not just some force in the universe. The Holy Spirit is the third member of the Trinity, and he's a real divine being that we can have a relationship with. Then last week, we talked about something. I'm curious. Anybody remember what we talked about last week? Spiritual gift. Somebody in the first service said, we talked about a lot. (laughs) And we did. We talked about a lot last week. We talked about the spiritual gifts, gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. So if you're a Christ follower, it's amazing. Scripture teaches that the Holy Spirit gives you a spiritual gift when you become a Christ follower. And the purpose of that gift is to build the body of Christ locally and globally. And so hopefully you were able to take some of the resources we provided you last week and begin to explore what your gifts might be. Now, today we're going to talk about uh, what our lives should look like if we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. So listen to what Romans 8.11 says. So Romans 8.11 says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Now let that sink in for just a minute. If you're a Christ follower, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. He doesn't live near you. He doesn't live around you. He doesn't live down the street from you. He lives in you. And so what that means is we have more than enough resources to handle the complexities of life. And yet... For many Christians, we don't live with that reality that God himself lives inside of us. When life comes at us, for many of us, we cower from the the difficulties of life or we get angry, we get frustrated with whatever's going on, and we aren't tapping in in those moments to the reality that the Holy Spirit, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives inside of us. So we're going to explore today a little bit more of what that should look like if the Holy Spirit really does live inside of us. And we're going to be in Galatians chapter 5. So if you want to flip over to Galatians 5, feel free to do that. The verses will come up on the screens as well. So Galatians chapter 5, we'll be in verse uh, 16, and the book of Galatians was written by the apostle Paul. And Paul was writing to some new Gentile Christians in a region in the Middle East known as Galatia. And uh, it would be modern day Turkey. For us, So if you can kind of conceptualize that and understand that here Paul is talking to these new Christians outside of Israel. They're Gentiles. They're not Jews. So they've got this new relationship. They've got this new understanding of the Holy Spirit living in their lives. And Paul is going to tell them, hey, there's a reality of how you grow that relationship with the Holy Spirit because there's a battle going on inside of each of us. So listen to what he says in verse 16. He says, so I say... Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. And these two forces are constantly fighting each other. So if you are a Christ follower, you may have recognized that inside you, there's going on a little battle. And maybe you would say, it's not so little sometimes. It's a big battle. So in my life, I would say there are moments that there's a raging battle going on inside of me between what the Holy Spirit wants me to do and what my sin nature wants me to do. And I have recognized that my sin nature does not like to have roommates, does not like the Holy Spirit trying to tell it what to do. So here's an example of that. Recently, my wife and I got into a passionate discussion. You might recognize that as code for a fight. So we got into a a verbal uh, disagreement with each other. And uh, we were kind of going around and around. And, and we have this kind of symbolic tree that we like to go around and around on in certain conversations that we have. And so we were doing that super fun thing. And I got really frustrated. And I did what I often do when we get to that part of, of our relationship. I shut down. So I was verbal, animated, passionate about my side of, of this issue. And then when I saw we have reached an impasse, we have locked horns, we keep butting heads, I shut down. I shut down emotionally, I shut down verbally, I shut down physically, and I withdrew from Tammy. Last week, uh, we were talking about spiritual gifts, but I failed to mention a few. So in addition to having the spiritual gift of encouragement and mercy, I also have the spiritual gifts of punishment and pouting. You got to look in scripture for it. It's not like easily visible in the, the gift lists. But if you look deeply, you might be able to find it. So what I tend to do when Tammy and I get in those situations is I tend to punish her with silence. And then I pout about The fight that we're in and and our inability to move forward from that. So anybody else have those amazing spiritual gifts? All right, there's a few hands. Don't point at anybody. That's not appropriate. Raise your own hand if that's your issue. Don't raise somebody else's hand. Just raise your own hand. Okay. So yes, that's some of the stuff that I deal with in my life. So what the Holy Spirit did in that moment was he whispered to me and he said, Trent, swallow a big chill pill Swallow your pride and go work this out with your wife. Now, my sin nature had a different idea. My sin nature said, don't listen to him. He didn't always know what he's talking about. Here's what you need to do. You need to keep punishing her with silence because then she'll recognize how wrong she is. And she will run to you and apologize because she was wrong. I didn't say that my sin nature was smart. I'm just telling you what my sin nature said. So Paul addresses the issue of when we listen to our sin nature and what that looks like. So listen to verse 19. He says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. And just see if you can find yourself in this list anywhere. Sexual immorality, impurity, Lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, oh, that's me, (laughs) jealousy, there I am again, outbursts of anger, I'm guilty of that sometimes too, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I've told you before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So our sin nature leads us to some pretty horrible things. And our sin nature tries to keep us from some amazing things. Ultimately, the kingdom of God. But listen to what the Holy Spirit wants to happen in our lives. So verse 22 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Now, when I look at those two lists, I want my life to bear the fruit of the Spirit. I do not want my life to bear the fruit of my sin nature. So, after listening to my sin nature for too long... I listened to the Holy Spirit. I swallowed my pride. And I went and spoke to my wife and resolved our conflict. And oh, how I wish I would do that every time we have conflict. But the reality is, I don't. There are moments I do what my sin nature wants me to do first. But I am trying to learn on a regular basis to respond to the Holy Spirit right away. Because he always leads to something good for us and others. So when you evaluate your life, do you see the fruit of the spirit or the fruit of your sin nature? Do you see love or anger? Do you see joy or jealousy? Do you see self-control or selfish ambition? If you're a Christ follower, the fruit of the Spirit should be evident in your life. You should be able to see it, and other people should be able to see it. The question for us this morning is, is it evident? Is the fruit of the Spirit evident in your life? Now, to grow the fruit of the Spirit, here's what we have to do. We have to build a fire. Now, stick with me because we're shifting uh, illustrations here, okay? So, anybody ever grown fruit in your backyard by lighting a fire? Like, no, no, none of us. So, hang on, put your seatbelt on. I'm taking a hard right. We're going to stop talking about fruit. We're going to talk about building a fire. We're going to get back to talking about fruit again. Okay, so we're going to talk about building the fire of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that relationship that we can have with Him, and we're going to use fire as that illustration. So, how many of you would say you like to build fires? How many are excited about that? And I didn't say set fires. I'm, I'm talking about building fires. All right, if you like to build fires, I'm in that group. I love building fires. Uh, we have a fire pit in our backyard, and when it gets cold out, uh, my family loves to have me go out and build a fire. We roast uh, marshmallows, have s'mores and hot dogs, and just sit around the fire. There's just something magical about sitting around the fire and talking and watching the fire and tending the fire. It's amazing. So this is how I feel when I build a fire. Take a look at this. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, anybody else feel that way when you get a good fire going? Oh, man, it's awesome. So my family knows they're inside, and I'm outside building a fire. And when they hear, I have made fire, they come running out knowing, hey, the fire's probably ready. You know, let's go out, because, like, he's real excited. Uh, so I just love building fires. But what I've learned is that it is not that easy to build a fire. And you've got to build a fire the right way. And if you're new to building fires, you may say, well, don't you just have to light a match and throw it on something? Well, like, you've got to be careful about that because you can, you know, set a fire unintentionally. But it, it's actually kind of difficult to build a really good fire, and I was reminded of that about 12 years ago. So about 12 years ago, my wife and I, and we had three kids at the time, we went to a cabin in North Carolina, and it was just going to be a getaway for us, a few days, some fun. I had a fireplace, and of course, I was super excited about the fireplace. And I walk in and see the fireplace, and we are having a fire tonight. It's going to be amazing. And I noticed that all that we had there were the big logs sitting next to the fire. That was it. And I thought, well, I don't really have all that I need to build this fire, but I'm kind of a fire guy, so I'll figure this out. So I got the log, big log in the middle, and got it, got it ready. And I'm like, OK, I need something to light first to kind of light this, because you can't just stick a match on the big log and get it to catch fire. you got to light something else. So I looked around, and I found newspaper. And I go, oh, I'll just put a bunch of newspaper in there. We'll light that. It'll catch the log on fire. It'd be great. Used up all the newspaper, no fire. So then I looked around and, and noticed that we have paper towels. I grabbed all the paper towels out of the kitchen, lit them all on fire. No fire. Then I went to toilet paper, you know, and I'm like, and my wife's going, wait a second. Like, that's important paper. Like, we can do without the toilet paper, or the the paper towels, but we can't do without the the toilet paper. And so she said, hey, do you want me to go down to the gas station and buy one of those fire logs? And I said, (laughs) right, guys, what did I say? No. That's an assault on my manhood. No. So I told my kids, hey, look outside. It's so pretty out there. I think I saw a bird. And then I went and I found their notebooks that they brought with them. So my kids had brought, I have three girls at that time, so they brought notebooks to color in and draw in and all this stuff. So I'm like ripping paper out of that, trying to light this thing on fire. I used up all their paper. Finally, I'm sorry, guys, but I had to do the drive of shame and go buy one of those fire logs. Like, man, that was so frustrating. So it's not that easy to build and maintain a good fire. Several years ago, my daughter uh, made me, daughter Annie, made me a fire starting kit, So I don't know, she like remembered when she was two or something, and she's like, yeah, dad doesn't know how to start a fire, so let me build this for him. And it's kind of a cool thing. So this is something our family does around Christmas time. We draw names out of a hat, and then we make that person a Christmas gift. Those are some of the most special gifts that that I have in my life, the things that my kids have made me. And so she made me this and uh, it's a really cool little kit it's got some uh, little branches in here to help the fire get started it's got some bigger branches and it's got this really cool thing besides some strike anywhere matches it's got this really cool fire starting material now let me tell you what this is so we've got toilet paper roll filled with lint from the dryer wrapped in butcher paper so I stick that in the middle of my small branches, light that on fire, and get ready. It's going to take off, and something's going to catch on fire. So when I have this, I I start with this. And then I start getting other materials that I'm going to need. I get larger branches. I eventually get some logs that I'm going to be using. And when I have all the material ready, I then start building my fire. And I put my my fire starting material uh, at the bottom. I put some small branches on top of that, some larger branches. I light this. I watch it. I keep adding to it as I need to add to it, then eventually get to larger branches. And then as the fire is is going and well-established, then I add a log or several logs, and that'll help the fire go for a great long evening. It's a great experience. Now, let me just be clear real quick. This is not my attempt to get my Boy Scout fire starting badge today. Okay, So again, I'm going to remind you, we're talking about building our relationship with the Holy Spirit. We're using fire as that illustration. So what is one super important thing that we need to start any fire? A prayer. A match. Yes. So you went spiritual. That's great. Thank you. We'll get to that in a minute. So we're starting practical and we're saying a match. So we need a flame. So a match will lead to a flame. You can actually get a flame several ways. You can get, use it from a, a match. You can get a flame from a friction uh, fire. You can start with friction, a little bit harder. Or you can use a lighter. Oh, man, it didn't work in that second. Okay. So you can use a lighter to start a fire. So you need a flame. In a spiritual context, we need the flame of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is that flame that starts in our lives. And we get the flame of the Holy Spirit. We start a relationship with the Holy Spirit through starting a relationship with Jesus. When we start a relationship with Jesus, when we understand what Jesus did and who he was, that he died so we can live, he was God in the flesh and did that, when we put our faith and trust in him as our Lord and Savior, we not only start a relationship with Jesus, we start a relationship with God the Father and we start a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And this is how the Holy Spirit, I think, shows up in our lives. Shows up as a little flame. And this morning, I was going to use matches. And I looked around and saw all the sprinklers, and I thought, you might not want to get wet. So I chose to use this lighter. So... I think this is how the Holy Spirit shows up in our lives as we're new followers of Jesus. He shows up as a little flame. And we have a responsibility to grow that flame. That flame needs fuel to grow. And there's all kinds of things that we can use for fuel. But what I want to talk about this morning is for those of you who are kind of new to your relationship with Jesus, kind of new to your faith, and you're trying to figure out what do I do to grow my relationship with God, here's some things that you can do. So we're going to start with some smaller branches. So the smaller branches that we need to add to the flame of the Holy Spirit in our lives, one of them would be regular church attendance regular church attendance. Now, I know if like church is, kind of isn't your thing, I understand you might step back from that and go, oh my goodness, like why would I want to go to church on a regular basis? That's where those hypocrites are. Like that's where all those crazy Christians are. And I get that. Like I understand that. But when we find a good Bible teaching church, that Activity, that relationship, that practice of going to church on a regular basis can actually help grow our knowledge of God and our relationship with Him. And not only can it grow us, but it can grow other people as well. So when you're part of a body of Christ, other people benefit because you are there. And I think regular church attendance is a vital part to all of us growing in our relationship with God. And if you understand that that Jesus set up the church as the hope of the world. He's entrusted the church with the message that can transform the world through a personal relationship with him. So the church is a vital part of us growing in our relationship with God. Church attendance, I think, is a big deal. Now, we gotta add to that. We gotta add some fuel to that. And something that we can add is a little bit bigger uh, fuel is Bible reading, so reading the Bible. So as we read the Bible, uh, we understand that that is God's thoughts captured in print for us. And when we're reading the Bible, uh, we can learn what God wants us to know and what God wants us to do. So listen to what the Bible says in Psalms 119, 105. It says, your word, God, is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So if we think about the Bible as a flashlight, or a lantern, the Bible is something that can guide us in a very dark world. So sometimes in life, we feel like we're kind of bumping around in the dark, stubbing our toes. We're not sure where to go, what to do. God says the Bible can be like a light that we carry. And it may not show us the end of the road, but it can show us the next few steps of what God wants us to do. The Bible contains God's thoughts captured in print. So if we want to know what God wants, we want to know what God's thinking, how God wants us to behave, got to spend time reading the Bible. Now, I understand the Bible can be confusing. So if you're new to the Bible, you may say like, I don't even know where to begin. Here's where you can begin. Just grab a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, take one as our free gift to you Uh, If you'd rather use an online version, there's a free version called YouVersion, Y-O-U version on it. It's got all kinds of Bible translations. It'd be a great version to use. You can download it to your smartphone. You use it on your computer. And I recommend you start with the New Living Translation because of its reader friendliness. And here's what you can do. Uh, When you're in church, take notes, write down the verses that we talked about, then go home, open your Bible, and read those verses, if you say like, I don't even know how to find those verses, there's a table of contents in the beginning and it'll show you how to find those books, how to find that chapter, how to find that verse and then read those chapters, read those verses, read the chapters before, read the chapters after and you'll be amazed at how much you can learn in a relatively short amount of time if you make it a regular habit to read your Bible. Now, some of you would say, Man, I've been a Christ father for a long time. I got like 10 Bibles at home. My question is, are you reading any of them on a regular basis? Are you reading the Bible? As we read the Bible on a regular basis, we can grow a relationship with God. If we're not reading the Bible on a regular basis, that fire, that relationship is going to dwindle in our lives. So I think it's super important to read the Bible on a regular basis. Then we go from smaller branches to larger branches, and the larger branches are called Bible application. So reading the Bible and then applying that to our lives. Bible knowledge in and of itself can be deceptive. Uh, We can think that we're growing in our, our relationship with God just because we're learning more about God, but that's not necessarily true. Back in Jesus' day, he had some very harsh words for the religious leaders of his day, and they were the people who knew a whole lot about the Bible. They just weren't living it, and that's what Jesus wants for us. That's what God, the Father, that's what God, the Holy Spirit wants for us is that we live the Bible We don't just learn a whole lot about the Bible and then apply very little of it to our lives. I grew up in a church culture that defines spiritual maturity as people knowing a lot about the Bible and knowing it for a very long time. So if you knew a lot about the Bible, you knew it for a long time, we kind of called you spiritually mature. But as I've grown in my relationship with God, my understanding of that, I would offer a different definition today. The definition I would offer is When we learn this much of the Bible, we apply this much of the Bible, that, to me, is called spiritual maturity. We learn this much of the Bible, we apply this much of the Bible, that is spiritual maturity. It takes me back to when I was a kid. So I was a kid in church, and we learned these silly songs, and maybe you've heard one, maybe you haven't. Um, It's probably the only time I'll ever sing on stage, but it went like this. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. Anybody ever heard that before? You haven't heard that before? Sing it, again. Sing it again. Like, where's the worship team? I need a you know backup. I need drums. I need, you know. Okay, I'll probably never do that again. But I know it's like super simple. Some of you are thinking, like, wow, is he like the master of the obvious this morning or what? Like, like this is simple stuff. Like, I know it's simple. I get it. But are you reading the Bible? Are you applying the Bible to your life? If you apply the Bible to your life, your relationship with the Holy Spirit will grow. Now, there are all kinds of things that we can do to grow our relationship with the Holy Spirit. We can learn to talk to God, that's called prayer. We can learn to listen to God, that's called obedience. We can learn to do life together with other people in the context of a community group, something we call uh, here as our community groups. We were never meant to do life alone, and so together we can learn how to grow the fire of our relationship with God. Serving other people can do that, and the more we do those things, the more we see the Holy Spirit growing in our lives, the more we hear him whispering to us, the more we respond to his leadership and what he's asking us to do, and that fire grows more and more so that people begin to see the evidence of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now here's why it's so important to build and maintain the fire of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Because of what Paul was saying in Galatians 5. Paul said, there are two fires burning inside of each of us. There is the fire of the Holy Spirit. And then there is the fire of our sin nature. And each of us have an opportunity every day to decide which fire is going to grow larger So every day we have a choice to put a log on the fire of the Holy Spirit in our lives or the fire of our sin nature. We have that choice. There are probably hundreds of opportunities all throughout the day. The moment we wake up, there are tons of opportunities for us to decide which fire I'm going to build and whichever fire we feed is the fire that grows. So if you put a log on the fire of the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, that fire grows you put a log on your sin nature, your sin nature grows. So for you, when you evaluate your life, would you say that the fire of the Holy Spirit, God within you, is larger than the fire of your sin nature? Or would you say the fire of your sin nature has grown larger than the fire of the Holy Spirit? Whichever fire you feed will grow. Now, let me address one more thing. Uh, When I'm building a fire, I often have my shovel with me. So when I'm building one at home, I usually have my shovel. If I'm out somewhere, you know, you got those pokers and things that you can mess around with the fire with. But at home, I have a shovel with me, and it's for stirring up the fire again. Because there are moments that a log will roll out of place. The coals will, will kind of die down a little bit. I need to put some more uh, logs on that. I'll need to stir up those coals again, reposition the, the, um, the logs, and get that fire stirred up again to keep it going. And this morning, the reality for some of you is that maybe you have drifted in your relationship with God. Maybe you need to stir up your passion your fire for God again. Maybe you've drifted from some of the things that you know will build the fire of God in your life. You've drifted from praying, talking to God. You've drifted from your regular church attendance with a body of of believers that can love you towards becoming more like Jesus. You've drifted from reading the Bible. You've drifted from applying the Bible. You've drifted from listening to the whispers of the Holy Spirit. And as you look at the fire of your life right now and your relationship with God, you say, you know what? It's kind of been dwindling. It's been dying out. And I think today the Holy Spirit is handing you a shovel and saying, it's time. It's time for you to take the shovel and stir up again your passion for me, your passion for a relationship with me where you can see the evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life, the the fruit of the Spirit. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 makes a, an interesting statement in verse 19 that actually tells us that we can quench the spirit. Actually, the verse says, Do not quench the spirit. So if you think about that in the context of what we've been talking about this morning, um, when we quench the spirit, it's kind of like filling up a a bucket of water when we're trying to build a fire and pouring the water on the flame. Why do we pour water on a, a fire? To put it out. And scripture says, you know what? We can quench the spirit by ignoring what he wants us to do. And when we do that, that fire dwindles a little bit in our lives. Some of you may wonder why you feel distant in your relationship with God. Just maybe you feel distant because you've been quenching the Holy Spirit. When he whispers, you've been saying, leave me alone. I don't want to do that. You've been saying no to the Holy Spirit for far too long. And as we pour water on the Holy Spirit in our lives, telling him, leave me alone, that fire, that relationship that we can have with him will dwindle. And the Holy Spirit will step back and step back and step back. And he'll say, I get it. You're making it very clear. You do not want me to guide your life. So here you go. You can have it. That's one of the scariest places for any Christ follower to get. And a place God never wants any of us to get to. He wants all of us to build the fire of our relationship with him, not to quench that fire. So in just a minute, our worship team is going to come out and they're going to close us in a final song. And what I encourage you to do during this song is kind of process where you are in your relationship with God. Some of you might need to start a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You do that by starting a relationship with Jesus. So maybe this morning uh, during our song would be a, a time for you to say, you know what, Jesus, I'm recognizing today for the first time that you died so I can live and I'm now putting my faith and trust in you as my Lord and Savior. Please come into my life and guide me the rest of my life. And then as scripture teaches, Romans eight eleven, the spirit of God shows up in you as a little flame. Some of you recognize that you have that little flame, but you haven't been growing it. And so maybe today you would determine there's some things I got to do on a regular basis. I got to build and maintain this fire of my relationship with God who lives within me. So what do you need to do this week and on a regular basis? Maybe you're in a spot where you recognize I need to, to stir up my passion again. Maybe you had a strong relationship with God at one point, but you've drifted from that. And maybe today you're recognizing the Holy Spirit's handing you a shovel and it's time for you to do the work of stirring up your, your passion for him again and your connection with the Holy Spirit, what God wants to do in your life. So whatever you need to do this morning, I pray during this song, you'll talk to God about that and you'll make some life changing decisions today. So if you would, stand with me. Let's pray. Lord, we're grateful for the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and grateful for what we've learned in this series, that Jesus, you said to your disciples uh, before leaving planet Earth, you said, I'm going away and it's good for you that I go away because then I'm going to send the advocate. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to live inside of you, to empower you, to strengthen you, to guide you, to speak to you. And Lord, we understand that the Holy Spirit shows up as a a kind of a little flame in our lives, and we have that responsibility to grow that flame because we understand what Paul was teaching, that there are two fires in our hearts. There's a fire of the Holy Spirit. There's a fire of our sin nature. Whichever fire we feed is a fire that grows. So Lord, there may be some folks today that need to start a relationship with you They need to put their faith and trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And so, Lord, I pray that they would do that. I pray that they would take this opportunity to do that right now. Lord, others need to grow that flame. Others need to stir up their passion for you again. So, Lord, whatever we need to do, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us. And I pray not only would you speak, God, because I know you always do, but that we would listen that we would respond to the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our lives and we would build that fire greater and greater, our relationship with you greater and greater, and that people could see the fruit of that when they see our love and our joy and our peace and our patience, our kindness, our goodness, our gentleness, our faithfulness, and our self-control. So Lord, I pray that you would Light a fire in our hearts for that today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing together. So that's what we hope that happens for all of us, that God will light that fire in our hearts and we will take the responsibility seriously of of growing that fire. And there are some very specific things that we can do to do that. So thanks for being here today, everybody. Um, just one more quick announcement for those of you who weren't able to be with us last week. We made a special church announcement after the third service. It's a sad announcement. And the announcement is that uh, Evan and Carla Shows, our worship leader and his wife, they're feeling called by God onto another ministry. And so they will be leaving our church family. Uh, that'll happen at the end of July. And uh, we have recorded that interview. So last week, we interviewed them. We talked a lot about what was happening and how they got to that decision. And uh, we've put that on our website and our iTunes account. So if you're interested in that, you can go and listen to that. Uh, But just wanted to give that quick information to those of you who may have missed that. And on July the 29th, we'll be having kind of a, a going away celebration for them. We'll tell you more about that as that comes. We hope you'll be a part of that with us. So thanks for being here today, everybody. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. We'll see you.